0: The Green Bay Packers are not, I repeat, not rebuilding in 2023. Plus, the latest on the TikTok, no, not what you're thinking of, the latest on the reporting around the Aaron Rodgers trade, how all this went down, and how it is directly related to the Packers plans in 2023. That do not, I repeat, do not include rebuilding. Caught by Watson. You are Locked On Packers. He's got great speed. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Christian Watson down the sideline. Locked On Podcast Network. And he will score. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. There was a discussion had on Twitter yesterday that started actually. Um, late on Sunday night because there is this idea out there, and I've seen it multiple places, that the Packers are rebuilding. We talked about this a little bit when David Bakhtiari brought it up. And Andy Herman from Packer Report brought it up. Keyshawn Nixon did not appreciate it, did not think that the Packers were rebuilding. Quote tweeted Andy Herman, and that launched this whole dialogue. Now, the reason I want to address this is because not to not to parse the semantics of rebuilding versus retooling versus reloading versus resetting versus transitioning versus I don't I don't pick another one. But what has happened, I think too many times over the last I don't know, let's call it a decade plus with the Packers, with media in general is if you are not all in, you are tanking. And if you're not tanking, you are all in that. This middle, this mushy middle is actively bad. And I do think, especially in like the NBA, for example, a perennially 41 and 41 team is a really bad place to be. And in the NFL, a perennial eight and eight team is also not really where you want to be, especially if you are an expensive eight and eight team. The Vikings of recent vintage, except when they got super lucky last year eight and, eight and nine, nine and seven. Um, I guess it's nine and eight now, but they have spent a lot of money to be nine and seven, a lot of money to be eight and eight. That is bad. Don't do that. And the Packers right now are capped out. Now, part of the reason that they're capped out or close to it is because they had to eat $40 in dead money for Aaron Rodgers. But the reason I think this is important is because we need to remember that there is a middle ground here and that teams who don't have a realistic shot to win the Super Bowl can, should, and do handle off-seasons differently. So you look at just the Packers. They have done this. Let's not forget in 2008 with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, the Packers went 6 and 10. Ted Thompson went out. After a season after they went 13 and 3 and were a play away from the Super Bowl. They go 6 and 10 with a new quarterback and the only move of of really any note is to bring in Anthony Smith, a safety that didn't even make the opening roster. That was the big adjustment to a six and 10 team. Was that team rebuilding? No, that team was just building because the structure was in place. And I think the metaphor, the structure metaphor is a great one. Rebuilding means when I buy your house, I have to tear it down. It is just a teardown and the bears when Ryan Poles got there tear down the raiders when Reggie McKenzie got there tear down we can think of teams in recent vintage the post stafford lions tear down complete tear down the next level is okay house has some nice bones got it, got to do a gut renovation got to just Strip it down to the studs and gut reno. That's where the Rams are right now. They've got a house. They've got Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. That's the team. But when you have one of the best coaches in the league, you've got a franchise quarterback for whatever misgivings I have about like Stafford as an elite quarterback and Aaron Donald for whatever misgivings I have about his desire to play football at this point in his life. They have players. The Cardinals have no one. They have a quarterback, a franchise quarterback. They're paying a lot of money that they're not sold on. Everyone else on their roster is up for sale. That is a teardown. What the Packers have is a nice house. It's not the biggest house on the street, but it's in a nice neighborhood. It's not the, the most aesthetically pleasing house from the curve. doesn't have the most curb appeal. But it's got mature landscaping. There's some architectural details that you might like inside. We don't have to do much. Now, there's a, there's at least one big project, kitchen renovation. Your, your house really only has value insofar as it has a good kitchen and a good primary suite. Those are the two things that sell houses. The primary bedroom and the kitchen. Those things sell houses. So the Packers, they have a coach. Yep, they we don't know about the quarterback, but the rest of this roster, I know that like there's this argument that they only have X number of players over 28. Okay, so their best players are young. Jair Alexander is young. Kenny Clark is crazy young. Devondre Campbell is still pretty young. Aaron Jones. Still relatively young. Christian Watson is their best receiver. Young player. Elton Jenkins is their their best core offensive line piece moving forward because this is the last year David Bakhtiari is on the team. Young player. Zach Tom was excellent last season as a rookie. Young player. Even Russell Douglas is a pretty young player. Eric Stokes. AJ Dillon. Now you bring in this rookie class just because they have a young roster doesn't mean... They are rebuilding. And I know that there is going to be this idea that, well, they didn't go out and they they didn't sign anybody that can help them win now. That's not true. It's not. They restructured Preston Smith so that he will be on this team at least two more seasons. Preston Smith is one of those guys, 30 plus. A rebuilding team gets off the Preston Smith money. They don't have to keep him. They have Rashawn Gary. They have Kingsley and Ibarra. Guess what else they did? They signed Justin Hollins. They're their number four pass rusher, their number four edge rusher if everyone is healthy. Now he's going to have to be number three, but a rebuilding team wouldn't care about that. They would say, UDFA, you come in and do it. And that's what the Packers did under Ted Thompson often. Is they were a draft and developed team. Every once in a while they reached into the free agent pool. But most of the time they relied on the draft to get things done. And really that's what Brian Gutekunst did too. With the exception of 2018. It was some low risk, high upside kinds of on the margin pieces. But teams who aren't close to Super Bowl contention. Don't make those little on the margin moves. They don't sign Rick Wagner. Because... They don't need to sign Rick Wagner. If they have an offensive lineman who gets hurt in December, January, they're kind of just going to roll with the guys that they have because it's not the difference between them winning a Super Bowl or not. And it is okay for that to be true. But that's not to say the Packers didn't sign anybody. They restructured Aaron Jones. They could have saved millions and millions of dollars. They have AJ Dillon, you you get a day 3 running back like they did and you go into the season like that. But they restructured Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is going to be on this team at least two more seasons. A rebuilding team doesn't hold on to an asset like that who's is, who is getting paid at least in this year before they restructured it a lot of money. I think you can reasonably make the case too much money really for any running back. No, That's no shot at Aaron Jones, but just relative to the market, I wouldn't want to pay any running back what he was going to make. And as I said, for since the contract was signed, he was never going to play on that number. And guess what? He didn't end up playing on that number. They restructured Kenny Clark. But that's not all. Who are the players that they signed contracts to? They were all special teams players. Special teams play. Well, why would you pay money for special teams players? Why would you pay money for Dallin Leavitt and Eric Wilson? Those guys don't play minutes. Those guys don't play snaps on the field. Why would you resign Corey Ballantyne? You don't have to do that. Why would you resign Keelan Cole? Why would you go get Tarvarius Moore? Why resign Rudy Ford? Now, Rudy Ford's gonna have to play for you. But if he's safety three, that you don't really want to be your starting safety and he's just really a special teams player a rebuilding team. Remember this, the Packers went out and signed him last year when they thought they were going to go compete. They signed Keyshawn Nixon. Now they're going to give Keyshawn Nixon the opportunity to play in the nickel. That has more, I think, to do with the fact that they don't love their options elsewhere. Eric Stokes is going to be hurt and Darnell Savage they need at safety. These are not the moves of a team in the middle of a rebuild. It's just not. Not. And so, put all these things together. The Packers intend to be competitive this season. You can be competitive, and it can be important for you to be competitive without you being a contender. Remember what Brian Gutekind said at the end of last year. In direct contrast with what Aaron Rodgers said. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm going to play until... We're out of the playoffs, and then we'll have a conversation. Brian Gutekind said, forget that Aaron Rodgers is playing. We are playing our guys. Forget, forget playing for the future. We believe culture means trying to win every week. He said, we have too many guys in the locker room that put in the work. To say, we're not going to go give ourselves the best chance to compete every season. And by the way, they did this in 2018. The first year that that Brian Gudekins was there with the big job. And so, I think that this is real for them. They intend to compete every single week. But a team competing versus a team contending, they just handle the offseason differently. You're not going to go out and get a veteran just to get a veteran. Like, you're not going to go out and get a Sammy Watkins this year because you're just competing, not contending. You don't need Sammy Watkins. You're going to let Christian Watson cook. You want to see Romeo Dobbs in year two. You want to see Jaden Reed. You want to see Dontavian Wicks. You want to see Grant DuBose. You want to see Bo Melton. You want to see your guys make progress. And so, yes, you can say, In a way, they're playing for 2024, but that is not to discount what is important about 2023. They want to continue to build winning habits to compete and win games this year. They can win the division this year. They can go to the playoffs this year. That's not a rebuilding team thing. It's just not. And what makes me laugh the most about it is when Andy says, oh, well, we should, we should be really in awe of the fact that they were able to do this all in one off-season. Then it's not a rebuild. If you can do it in one off-season, it's not a rebuild precisely because a rebuild implies considerable building needs to be done. If you don't need to do considerable building to be competitive, it's not a rebuild. It's a renovation and you can just renovate a powder room a brand new part of it's gonna look a lot better than it used to it's gonna look very different in fact but it's just a renovation it's not a rebuild they're different and i think when we look at a post aaron Rodgers packers team we have to understand the difference we have to understand the difference going all in is one thing. And the Packers did it and I think what we're realizing now is what they did stands in such contrast to what they're doing now that it makes you realize, "Oh, this is a very different approach." And actually, they were more all in than a lot of people realized before. There's another piece of this that I think offers a lot of clarity in their purpose here. We're going to talk about that in just a second. Before we do, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Better Help. We all could use a little help being the best versions of ourself, whether it's because you're struggling to stay up at work, stay afloat, keep your head above water, whether it's a relationship that you're having issues navigating, whether it's just self-confidence or any number of things that you might realize that you might get angry too fast. You want to learn how to relieve your stress a little bit better or deal with anxiety and the stressors of life. Maybe you just want someone to talk to that's not going to judge you. That's what BetterHelp Online Therapy can bring you because it's built around your schedule. It's allowing you to say, I'm ready now. I have this time. I can be in front of my computer and we can talk. We can be on video or not. It's totally up to you. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire, you get matched up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/lockedon today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com/lockedon. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day this week on the show, we're going to try and do another rookie orientation series. Um, things are up in the air. My schedule's still not quite sure um, what's going on. Um, it, will I be at the hospital? Will I not be? So I'm, This is all me juggling things in the air, but um, stay locked with us all week. Uh, plenty more to discuss. So Albert Breer did a really interesting piece for the MMQB and Sports Illustrated. And it was a what we in the biz call (laughs) a TikTok, not the app where people dance. It is a timeline. This is what happened. And it is interesting for a number of reasons. We will go into many of them. But I want to tie in our previous conversation. One of the pieces in the Breer piece was that. In the post-conversation, post-season conversation that Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gutekinds did have. And by the way, Breer confirmed via his reporting that Aaron Rodgers did not speak to Brian Gutekinds the entire offseason. All of their communication was done through his agent, David Dunn. So that tells you where this relationship was and what Aaron Rodgers wanted to do. This was, this was never retire. This was always, how can I get somewhere else? When they had those conversations, Brian Gudekinst and the front office decided they didn't want to be tethered to the older veterans on the team. And that's a handful of players, many of whom are Aaron Rodgers' buddies. Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis. Now Mercedes Lewis. Um, is also a Matt LaFleur guy. Matt LaFleur gushed about him over the weekend. We have a report now the Packers are not going to bring back Mercedes Lewis, but we'll see. Big Bob Tunyon is an Aaron Rodgers guy. And I think the Packers came to the conclusion it is hurting the team to continue to bend to the whims of your star quarterback. And if you tell the star quarterback that, hey, listen, we don't think it makes sense to bring back Tunyon or Cobb. What do you think? They knew how that would be received. Hey, we don't we don't think there's money in the in the banana stand for Alan Lazard. They knew how Aaron Rodgers would respond to that. And clearly they were okay with it. Now, I don't think that's proof that they wanted to rebuild. I think that's proof that they wanted to do the prudent thing and say, look, we have to stop leveraging future monies for right now because this team is not Super Bowl contending. And one of the reasons is some of the older players on this team, guys like Adrian Amos, who are not back, are actually preventing the team from moving forward. If you can't play Josiah DeGuara because you have Mercedes Lewis and Big Bob Tunyon, that's hurting the development of Josiah DeGuara. We don't, now, that could just be that he wasn't good enough, right? We have to take that as a possibility, certainly. But they found other ways to get him on the field. That was a guy that they were really excited about. He seemed to have a big role when he was first drafted before he got hurt. He was going to be a meaningful part of this offense as a rookie. And because he was in the Rogers doghouse, they couldn't do anything with him. I'm not blaming Rodgers for all of this necessarily, but I do think that's part of it. I think they looked at what happened over the last year, and by the way, Bob McGinn, I think absolutely vindicated and justified in the reporting that the Packers were done. Now, that's not as strong a word as what Breer reported in his piece, but Aaron Rodgers was clearly ready to be done with Green Bay, and I think the Packers ready to say, okay, okay. Now, part of the reason also is And this is in Breer's reporting that they felt really good about Jordan Love, that they felt like that game in 2021 was actually encouraging to them, that he stood in there and and took the heat and had, you know, the the bodies flying around him. And he never he was never bowed and broken. He continued to fight. And in fact, on his final drive. Led them down the field for a touchdown. If they would have been able to get one stop, he would have had the ball back with a chance to go win the game. And then the Philly game. The strides that he made last year during practice. All the stuff that, by the way, I've been telling you on this show were real. Albert Breer confirmed. Thanks. Thanks, Al. All of the all of those things. That last year, things started to change for Jordan Love. That the, that the players and the coaches started to view him differently. Some of them. Some of them already did. Remember Devondre Campbell and Dallin Leavitt. Dallin Leavitt had just joined the team and was like, nah, Jordan Love is that guy. Jordan Love is a dude. And Devondre Campbell was like, he's better than a lot of starting quarterbacks. Remember that. That was before 2022. That was before Aaron Rodgers had a thumb injury and then a rib injury where he wasn't allowed to practice. Jordan Love took number one snaps most of last year. He only played extended minutes in that one game, really, in which he looked great. I thought Dan Orlovsky did a great job of um, highlighting the footwork, the timing, the rhythm, being able to make his reads in rhythm highlighted um, you know, the Christian Watson play. And that's all part of this, too. What I've been saying for months is the the reason. Now it turns out there's more reasons, but the reason you don't play hardball with Aaron Rodgers when he said I want I want to be traded because he is under contract, remember, is number one. The team was clearly ready to be done. Number two, they believe in Jordan Love. And so you're not rebuilding if for no other reason than the Packers believe. They're going into this season believing they can compete with Jordan Love at quarterback. And and guess what else? If they were rebuilding, there's no incentive for them to give Jordan Love the contract that they gave him. To give him upfront money, signing bonus money, to make him more expensive this season, and to lock him in, at least in part, to next season. A rebuilding team says, they'll do what the Giants did, and they'll say, nope, go prove it. And if you prove it, we'll give you money. Now, we've talked about the downsides of that and why that that was a precarious thing for them to be thinking they could do, because... Then if he's mid, just like Daniel Jones, you feel like you have to give him $160 and, and I wouldn't want to do that. So now he has two years to show. And if by the end of two years, he's not it, you don't have to do anything. You just let him walk. And if he's good, you can give him a contract. Another interesting and important nugget is the nugget that's not in there. There are a lot of people who insisted Mark Murphy was an impediment. Mark Murphy was a problem. And the Brewer Reporting lays out this was a deal negotiated almost exclusively between Brian Gudekinst and Jets GM Joe Douglas. That this was not Woody Johnson intervening. He got the he gave the sign-off at the end. And yes, there were some tense moments during the, the Pat McAfee show interview. Mark Murphy, I don't even know if he's mentioned in the piece, but he did not have some outsized impact in what's going on on the football side. If anything, in public, he was sidelined. They were like, dude, you have to stop talking. Please stop talking. So they go back and forth. The Jets don't want to give up this year's one. They say, okay, but you got to give us at least one one. They say, no. It played out pretty much the way that we expected. Ultimately, it was time around the draft. Everyone knew this was going to get done. They'd hashed out some of it at the owners' meetings. I love the nugget that they they had these conversations at like some random college all star game. They had they did spend some time at owner owners' meetings, but this started at the combine. That they actually started putting together a hey, look, this could work, and that was when Aaron Rodgers is giving. No signals to the Packers. And Brian Unikens has got to go, hmm, I wonder what we can get for this guy. Can we trade him? What's the deal? Can we get someone? And the Jets raised their hand. That was the way that Breer put it. The Jets raised their hand. So this was part of the Packers' plan. And let me take it a step further. I'll do that in a second. Today's episode, thank you so much for making your first episode your first listen every day. More to come this week, every dayers. I appreciate you all the time. I'm I'm trying to give you a real tease, but I just don't know. We are bringing back the Alan Lazard interview from 2019 at some point this week. So keep an eye out for that. But let me let me put a bow on all of this. The Packers laid the groundwork for this a year ago because they traded Devontae Adams. And then did very little to set up the 2022 Packers as contenders beyond the draft. They took essentially the same approach that they are taking to 2023 in 2022. Minus the quarterback. That's a big deal. I get it. But they're expecting the draft to be a big thing for them. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs. That was now that team had Alan to Randall Cobb, but those guys were already on the roster. And Randall Cobb would not have been, like, we can say this unequivocally, Randall Cobb would not have been on the roster if not for Aaron Rodgers. Amari Rodgers might still be on this roster. It's not, a, I don't think it's a coincidence that he went to Houston and immediately produced, not in mega ways, but like had a couple of nice plays. His confidence was shot in Green Bay because he gets drafted. And a couple of weeks later, they trade for a mentor of his who's playing over him and he's never given any opportunities, never no support. It's a shame. But, Last year was the young guy litmus test. And guess what? Rodgers failed it. One of the reasons why they were so upset, and this was in McGinn's reporting, and I've heard the same thing. This has been reported elsewhere. That the way Rodgers handled last year was not received well by everyone in that building. Some people were fine with it. But look, everydayers are going to remember the, the tiff I got in with into it with John Kuhn last year. Because I said what was true, that not everyone was in love with the leadership style of Aaron Rodgers. Not everyone, especially in the front office and on the coaching staff, was in love with Aaron Rodgers getting his money and then not showing up to OTAs, not showing up to any of the off-season process, not, hey, Christian, Romeo, why don't you come out to Malibu and throw? Not doing exactly, by the way, what he's doing in New Jersey, maybe as we speak, depending on when you're listening to this. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't do for Green Bay what he is doing right now in New Jersey for the Jets. That did not go well. And so if you're going to come off maxing out the credit card for a quarterback who you can no longer rely on to be that guy for you, to be that all-world four level hammer swinger, then you need to know that if you have to go young in certain spots, their hand was forced with Devontae Adams. He wanted to leave. They wanted to pay him. They ultimately acquiesced because the Raiders gave them a good deal. And it didn't go great last year. On the field, off the field, leadership stuff didn't go great. It's going to always go great if you're in the inner circle. If you're Randall Cobb, if you're David Bakhtiari, it's going to go great. And that's why if you're David Bakhtiari, you have to say, oh, we're going to suck this year. You have to say that. You can't say, yeah, we're going to be fine with Jordan Love. Not when Aaron Rodgers is your boy. You can't do that. That's why it's a lot easier for Keyshawn Nixon to tell the truth that they're not rebuilding this year. But this started last year. They put this plan in motion last year. Because those guys now, this is the Ted Thompson model, they're in year two now. A really, really good 22 draft class is in year two, and and let me just let me just circle back one more time. Al Nazard, out, expensive. Randall Cobb out, v- veteran can't be relied on to play many snaps anymore. Aaron Rodgers guy, Big Bob Tunyon out was not a meaningful contributor for the Packers last year. Just did not look like he had it movement skill-wise, is not a true why, and is not explosive enough athletically right now at least, post ACL, where he's giving you enough juice in the passing game. Okay? The, all those moves make sense in a vacuum. Adrian Amos, not resigned, was bad last year. Just bad. Dean Lowry, not resigned. Bad, and they just drafted Devonte Wyatt in the first round. John Reed, Bad. Had two or three good games, but mostly not very good. Now, I thought good enough as a rotation body to be brought back, but he's, not, he's just a guy. He's just a body. Yes, bring him back on the minimum because you can. Now, he decided to go to Seattle, but he was he's just a guy. Like the combination of Carl Brooks and Kobe Wooden and Devontae Wyatt I think are going to be just as good, if not better. Plus, Lucas Van Ness playing three technique, four eye, all that good stuff. Five technique. It's more talented. It's a better room. So what are we really doing here? If it's a more talented team and it's younger, who cares? It's more talented. So there you go. Uh, We're going to be back tomorrow more with our Locked On Packers off-season coverage. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live on YouTube or just watch old episodes, you can do that on our Locked On Packers YouTube page so you can stay. Locked On Packers.